think the thing I'm most excited about this series being over is that gets off the big screen, man. It's scary looking. I've told you now for the last four weeks, I believe the fakest place on earth is the church on Sunday morning and the fakest people at the fakest place are the pastors on the stage teaching. They feel they have to be fake. They feel like they can't be real because God forbid the people sitting in the seats find out they're human and have the same issues or the same struggles or the same temptations or the same whatever that they're going through. Pastors have been led to believe that they have to make the congregation feel like they're at a different level than them. Then what happens is we find out that pastors are human because they get exposed and then everyone gets mad that they're doing the same thing that they're doing. I told you when we started this church, I would never do fake. You might not like what I do. You might not like who I am. But what you get on Sunday is what you're going to get every time you run into me. I refuse to do fake. But the reality is every one of us in some areas of our life is fake. We let people know what we want them to know, and we hide back what we don't want them to know. So we thought we would take a month where I just got real as whatever. And I share with you some of the things that I struggle with. I told you the first week that I've been in a fighting mood lately and talked about when the right time to fight is and when the wrong time to fight is. We talked about... There's times that I just don't like most Christians. 24-7, 365 days a year for me, that is true. Last week we talked about it and I was kind of blown away by how much the message connected with people. We talked about the fact that I doubt God. We talked about that it's okay to have doubts, that God doesn't want us to have a blind faith. He wants us to have a strong faith and that sometimes the doubts lead to strengthening our faith if we allow it. Today I want to talk about one of the most basic principles in all the Bible. If you did a series called Christianity 101, this would be one of the topics that you would talk about. But it's not one of the topics that necessarily gives you the warm and fuzzies when you hear your pastor struggles with it. But the Bible says this in James 5, 16. It says, confess your faults one to another. I've read this every week of the series. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The way we overcome the issues that we struggle with is we overcome those issues by taking what is kept in darkness and bringing it into the light. We don't confess one to another for the other to beat us up over what we're confessing. We don't confess to the other person for them to go around and gossip about what we're confessing. We don't confess where they can look down upon us for the confessions that we make. We confess so we can be healed. It's amazing the victory that happens in life when you verbally confess the issues that you're dealing with. 
I think it's one of the most vital things that I don't necessarily agree with 100% of everything they do. I don't agree with 100% of anything does, but one of the things I do agree with when it comes to AA, and we have some very strong AA meetings that meet in this building, is the first step to overcoming addiction is you've got to admit you have a problem. Until you're willing to get real about what you struggle with, your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups, until you're willing to verbalize the issue that you're dealing with, you will never get victory over that issue. So I doubt God sometimes. I don't like most Christians. I've been in a fighting mood lately. I could have done a whole year series on this. I mean, I deal with the same temptations that you deal with. But today I want to talk to you on this subject because I think it's a subject that a lot of people struggle with and it's a subject that a lot of people come to me about. And it's very simply this. I really don't like praying. You don't get a lot of amens as the pastor of the church when you say that. Prayer. One-on-one communication with God. Prayer. Literally the secret weapon to our faith. Show me the prayer life of an individual and I'll show you the faith of an individual. Show me the prayer life of a church and I'll show you the strength of that church. And yes, you read it right. One of the things I struggle with, confession time, they say confession is good for the soul, but it's bad for the ego. I really just don't like praying. I struggle with praying. And to be fair, I came by this honestly, I feel like, in my faith. We're always shaped by our experiences. As with all good stories, this one starts with a girl. About 18 years old, I meet a girl. I'd been out of church for a while. She asked me to go to church with her because I want to make a good impression. I was like Eddie Haskell. Now, I know that I, I use that illustration the day, and some teenagers looked at me like I, they had no clue what I was talking about. And I realized I've hit that age in life where my illustrations are so dated. First church I ever went to, the pastor used to get, preach against rock music, and literally, he would preach and say, I know you're listening to the temptations. And I'm thinking, no. Like 50 years ago, people were listening to the temptations. I have now reached that point in my life. I use Eddie Haskell as an illustration. All honesty, how many of you even know who Eddie Haskell is? Raise your hand. Leave him up, I want to see. Now look around at my wife, Lynn. You don't know who Eddie Haskell is? You ain't so, I ain't no offense. You look beautiful today, basic white girl thing going on. But you don't know who Eddie Haskell is? Golly. Eddie Haskell was on Leave it to Beaver. And he was kind of a mess, but he always was super nice to their face. Yeah. So this one starts with a girl, and I wanted to impress her parents, and she told me I had to go to church with her. So we went to a Sunday night church service. I had partied the whole night before. I go to church. 
about 150 feet. It was, that, it was that good church, too. Like, if you've ever been to church in the South, you know what I'm talking about. It was the rectangular brick building with the four steps out front, stained glass windows. The stained glass, I don't know if this was cheaper stained glass, but it was always kind of this purplish stained glass that went down the side windows. And you had one of two interior options in those kind of churches. Either it was done in red carpet with red pews, or it was done in gold carpet with gold pews. This one was done in gold. I'm sitting on the back row, and this is one of my issues with church. The church is so insider-friendly that those from the outside don't always know what's going on. Suddenly, every man in the church, without calling, gets up and heads down to the front, except me. I'm like, I'm not going down there. That must be for the people that are part of this church. And they're all standing there. There wasn't a lot of people there. Sunday night service, you know. Only those the pastor could guilt on Sunday morning come on Sunday night. And they don't do anything. And all of a sudden, I feel the nudge in my side. And this is the girl. She goes, you got to go down. I was like, no. I don't even know what they're fixing to do down there. I'm not going down. If you don't go down. My dad is not letting me leave here with you. Huh, so I'm thinking it's a quandary. Now, at that time, I'm 19. I'm thinking one thing, and I'm thinking I'm going down, whatever it takes. If I got to go down, I'm going down. But suddenly I realize the reason they haven't done anything up front is because I haven't come down yet. They're waiting on me because the men of the church go down. I don't know what I'm going down to do, but we're going down. I get down, and suddenly all the men are holding hands. Listen, if you want to hold hands with men, that is your business. I'm not saying, man, listen, it's 2021. You hold whoever's hands you want to hold. But it was weird to me as a 19-year-old boy. I didn't want to hold a bunch of dudes' hands, especially dudes I don't know. Boom, we're holding hands. Right, thank you. Suddenly, the first guy in the line starts to pray. Then the second guy in the line starts to pray. He gets done praying, the third and fourth. And suddenly, it occurs in my 19-year-old brain that they're going to get to me soon in this church that I don't know. While I'm holding a dude's hand... They want me to pray out loud? No. It gets to me. And the whole time I'm sweating, man. I'm sweating. I'm thinking there has to be an easier way to hook up with a girl than this. Like, why did I go down this path? I can't even remember. Her name was, I can't remember her last name. I think it was Jennifer or, or Jenny or something like that. And I remember it gets to me, and I'm like, Lord, help me have a good time with Jenny tonight. Amen. And it moves on. I don't know. It just came. Y'all are thinking perverted thoughts. I just meant an ice cream and a blizzard. That's all I meant. But it's dead silent when it gets to the next person. So I did what any good praying person does. I crack open one eye. 
And this joker's just staring at me in disgust. If I'm lying, I'm dying. He begins to pray and says, Lord, I hope this young man has more on his mind tonight than a good time. I'm ready to crawl under a pew and never come back to church again. So I come by the fact that I don't like to pray very honestly. (laughs) Then I get into church a couple of years later. And on church, the church I got into, yet again, the exact same church building, literally, there must have been like a cell on the blueprints for that building. Because the first church was in Stockbridge. This one was incoming as Church, purple stained glass windows, steeple, three steps. Except this one had red carpet and red felt seats because of the blood of Christ. God. On Wednesday nights, they had prayer meeting. That's what they called it. Prayer meeting was interesting because it was a lot of things, but it really wasn't a prayer meeting. It didn't take me long to realize that prayer meeting was code for gossip meeting. We can't say that Jimmy's drinking, because that's gossip. But we can ask prayer for Jimmy because he's drinking, and that's spiritual. (laughs) And to make matters worse, at the prayer meeting on Wednesday night, if I'm lying, I'm dying, they freaking held hands. Held hands! Again! And I learned and I began to keep a list. I was a big into lists at that time of the different hands that I would hold. There was squeeze your hand guy. You know, you're holding his hand, he's squeezing it so tight. Like, let go, grip up, let go, chill. Hand can't function. Sweaty palm guy, you know, you hold that guy's hand and it's just sweaty. Dead fish guy, you know, you know. I'm not saying this is spiritual, but I'm saying ugly woman. Like, you're like, God, I did not want to hold this girl's hand. You know, then there's hot chick. You know, you're like, I want to hold her hand. Lots of different kinds of hands you can hold. And at the end of the day, even hot chick hand, not that good when you're having to pray. So I came early in my faith and having a bone of contention when it came to prayer. I know what some of you are saying to him, Gary, man, that is just not cool to say publicly. I'm just trying to be real AF with you. And tell you, when it came to prayer, I struggled. And I know what some of you are saying, Gary, we get it, man. Publicly, prayer might not be your thing, but we feel so confident that when we come to you with prayer request privately, you're praying for us. I'm not real good at that either. It's being honest. It's not that I don't want to pray for you. I just forget. So really, I've had to become very disciplined in my prayer life. If you ask me to pray for something, normally what I'm going to do is I'm walking away. I'm going to pray for it right at that moment. Because in my crazy world, I'm not going to remember later on that Betty asked me to pray for Kylie because he's being a jerk again, and I'm just going to forget about it because I'm used to Kylie being a jerk. That don't seem out of the norm to me. Prayer is just not one of my strong suits. It's become easier 
for me as I understand prayer. But it's just not easy for me. I, I, I didn't know how to pray. I complicated prayer. I thought you had to speak in the King James English when you prayed. It can kind of be intimidating. I mean, if, if, if what the Bible says, and I believe what the Bible says is true about prayer, is true, man, you're talking to the man. That can be intimidating. Like, I can't pull one over on the man. He knows what I did. I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Blah. What about... What about 1201, what you did there? Oh, yeah, Lord, that too. I, I didn't know if God would answer my prayers. I'm just going to be honest. I kind of found it boring. You know, my mind would wonder. And then, I, I, again, I, I know none of you ever deal with this because you are so in tune with God. But a lot of times during my prayer time is when the most inappropriate thoughts would just start to pop into my head. I'm like, whoa, whoa! Why is that going on right now? And like, I'm married now, and that's legal, but even now, like, I don't need that thought in my head. Like, no. Lord, save that one for about 10 minutes from now. Let's get the prayer out of the way. You know? I, there was a time I, I just like, man, does God care about this little thing and all that's going on in the world? He cares about this? I just struggled with prayers. For, for years, I struggled with it. And the lack of passion used to bother me as a pastor. And then you would watch movies like, uh, what's it called? The Prayer Room, Christine? What was, is that what it's called? The Prayer Room? Great movie. Fantastic. Man, for those of you who got a prayer room, my wife had a prayer room. War Room. The War Room. Had, had it for years. A little closet she prayed in. But I got to be honest with you. I watched that movie and was like, man, I, I don't have that kind of prayer life. I don't have some special clause that I go lock myself into and I call down heaven. Maybe I'm not doing it right. Because like everything, and there's nothing wrong with that movie, so do not say that I'm saying that, but, but we like to Hollywood everything up. You know. And I struggled with prayer for so long. And there's probably no books, subject that I've read more books on and listened to more podcasts on and all those things than the subject of prayer And I have learned that while I still struggle with my prayer life, I have learned some principles that have changed my life when it comes to prayer because make no mistake about it today, prayer is so powerful. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Listen, the key to anything in life, your marriage, your children, your career, your finances, listen, is prayer. That doesn't mean prayer is the magic pill, but it should be the foundation of everything that you build. So it's not good enough for me to say I really don't like praying when God has given us this awesome tool of prayer. So I want to dumb down for you today, if you will. I want to simplify, if you will, today, prayer. Because again, I think that we have done a disservice to prayer. We exalt these prayer, and thank God for prayer warriors. But we exalt these movies like the war room, and we, we think, man, if you're not down at the throne, I get asked all the time, why don't we come down at the end of the service and just pray together? There's nothing magic about this hard floor. That's the only time you're praying, your prayer life sucks too. If I got to put on theatrics for you to pray, then your prayer life is fake as mine was for so many years. We've complicated prayer. 
The Bible lays it all out. So today I'm just going to go 101 with you. Prayer 101, elementary school level. Because there's times in life you have to get back to the basics. Every message can't be a comedy show and every message can't be me hooping and hollering and throwing out cliches. Sometimes you just got to get back to the foundation. If we're going to be the church God wants us to be, and God, I believe God is setting us up to do some amazing. There was ever a church created for such a time as this. It was Action Church. I have a mole, if you will, in one of the churches in town. They had a pastor gathering. I wasn't invited to the pastor gathering. That's okay. I wouldn't have went anyway. Um, but he said, man, was your ears burning today? I said, no, what's going on? He said, oh, we had we a had pastor gathering today. I said, that sounds horrible. I said, what is pastor gathering? Oh, once a month, pastor from here, 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 here. They all get together and talk about the issues facing them in our county. I said, oh. I'm glad they did not invite me. He said, ah, the food's good. Of course, you ain't going to have pastor together without good food. He said, but you were the topic of discussion today. This is like three weeks ago. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they were talking about how churches have to navigate this time that we live in. To vaccine or not vaccine, to mandate or not mandate, mask to not mask, and how their churches are divided, and, and they feel like they're walking a tightrope. And he said, one of the pastors said, we ought to just be more like Gary. And they said, what do you mean? I said, there ain't no doubt where he stands. And then I guess another one in the, or the, the pastor meeting said, we done had six people leave our church and go to his church since the pandemic started. Just because they were the only ones having church, and now they won't come back. And I don't know who the six are, and you're more than welcome to come back, because we didn't start this church for the Christians. We started for the unchurched, but we're glad you're here. And then I guess one of them said, man, that dude just likes to fight with everybody. He's perfect for this time. So apparently this church was just designed for pandemic times. I don't know. You got to get back to the basics and pray. I had to redefine prayer in my life. For the longest time, I thought prayer was this long, drawn out, eloquent speech. When it's really so simple as just communication, the first thing we got to do is prayer is simply communicating with God. At its essence, at its core, it's just simply you. And God communicating. Think about that. The creator of the universe who spoke everything into existence gives us the ability to communicate with him. Our fears, our doubts, our joys, our, our, our thanksgivings, our anxieties. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. We can have confidence when we go to God because if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Think about that for a second. The God, capital G, not a God, the God, the way, the truth, the life, hears us talking to someone the other day, and they said, man, I dig pastors like you because, man, you just realize there's a lot of ways. I said, no, what? 
I said, listen, don't mistake the flip-flops and the blue jeans and the foul mouth and the reprobates that come to the church, including me, and think that we just think anything flies. We believe there's one way to heaven because things that are different are not the same. I'm not bashing anything else. I'm not talking down about it, but the reality is the Bible says no man comes to the Father except through him. If that is correct, then other things can't be right. I don't apologize for that stance. And that God allows us to come and communicate with him. (laughs) And that's all prayer is. Quit complicating it. It's us sharing our words, our thoughts, our emotions, And understanding this simple principle changed my life. It's not about how big the words you use are. It's not about how fancy the words are. It's not about how educated you sound. Why do we flip a switch when it's time to pray and try to sound like Shakespeare suddenly? You're a freaking redneck who can barely complete a sentence. But, oh, God, when you start praying, it's in the King's English. Now, Father, we come as to thou today be a petitioning thee with our requests before you. Why? You're not, a matter of fact, you sound ignorant. <laughs> like we're laughing at you right now. Like, what? Oh, you don't talk like that. Man, it's simply about communicating with God as I would with anyone. As I begin to understand this, it changed my life. You say you talk to God like you, I, yes. I cuss with God, do I not? I cuss with God. I argue, and I don't win. But I argue with God. There's times I let God know I'm mad at him. There's times I let him know I don't understand, but I'm trusting him. There's times I'm thanking him. But I'm just communicating what I'm feeling at the time that I'm feeling it. Think about it. Prayer next to salvation is the greatest gift God ever gave us. Just think about this. I don't even want to, I already said it, but I don't want to beat it up. But just think about it. Prayer, prayer is you and I communicating with the God of the universe. The one who spoke everything into existence allows us to come to him and talk to him about what's going on in our life. That's, that's the key. That's the foundation before we go any further in this message. You've got to understand it's simply communicating with God. And I struggled with that wording because I'm like, am I simplifying it too much? But it's that simple. Let me make something clear to you. God doesn't complicate the relationship with us. Preachers do. Denominations do. Our own agendas do. This book is simple. It's not hard. It's not hard to be a Christ follower. Let me make this very clear to you. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says to me, that's easy believism. That's how I believe the Bible lays it out. Well, what if they do this? It doesn't say that. Be, that would mean it would be based on something we do. It's not based on what we do. It's based on what he did. Oh, I'm going to regret this right here. But this is why churches for so long taught that you could lose your salvation. 
because it was a scare tactic to get the people in the seats to live a certain way. But if we can lose it, that means it's based on us. Well, it's all based on him. How many of you got kids? And I got some. How many of your kids have ever let you down? Man, you know the thing about them letting me down? They're still my freaking kids. Nothing they can do will ever do that. Prayer is simply communicating with God. Now, once we understand that, there's some keys to making sure our prayer life is strong. First is this, prayer involves honesty. It involves honesty. Seems simple, but again, Christians are the fakest people in the world. Therefore, they pray the fakest prayers in the world. God wants honest communication. He wants us coming to him in a spirit of honesty. I love the Bible. And I love the Bible because it's full of real-life examples of this. As you read the Bible, you will see some raw, unedited, no-holds-barred prayers. David prayed for God to kill his enemies. God killed them and their children. So that doesn't seem very I'm just telling you what he prayed. That's pretty honest. Look what Jeremiah prayed in Jeremiah 27. You tell me he ain't arguing with God. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. You think he was saying that happily? Or was he saying it honestly? I mean, he's talking to God in Jeremiah who BTW was a prophet, who was called by God to carry out the verbal words of God. He's coming to God, and he's honest about how he feels. He thought God had deceived him. God had not deceived him. But perception is reality even when the perception is not true and the reality is not true. That's how he perceived it. Therefore, that's how he received it. God hadn't deceived him. But it didn't change the fact that Jeremiah is upset. Some of you would be good to learn that in your marriage. Well, I didn't do it. That's how they feel right now. And you don't have a right to tell them how to feel when they're feeling how they feel. There might come a time when their feelings drop a little bit and you can explain to them the reality of the situation, but at that moment when the emotions are running high, it's probably not the time to do that. That's a free sermon today. He was upset. He was frustrated. He was upset. (laughs) This isn't what you would call the perfect prayer. But I think it's so beautiful because of its honesty. I wish I could go back to that day in that church with that girl when they called us down. And I wish I knew what I knew today. (laughs) I wish I could pray a prayer like this. God, ain't real happy right now having to hold a dude's hand. I don't know this dude, but his hand's sweaty. Due to my left squeeze in my hand, God. 
and all I want to do is have fun tonight. Why am I down here? You say, you'd pray like that? That's called honesty. That's how I, would have, that's how I felt at the time. Instead, I prayed some lame fake prayer. Prayer's about honesty. For so long, man, I was dishonest in my prayer life. Don't miss this. I would pray what I thought God wanted to hear instead of what was on my heart. I prayed polite prayers, sweet prayers. I imagine God was like, man, when is the real Gary Lamb going to show up? Because I know him, and this ain't him. We pray the weakest prayers. You know my, the prayer I detest the most? God, just keep us safe. What a cowardly prayer. What a loser mindset prayer. I don't see anywhere in this book where those who followed him were safe. How about this, God? Make us warriors for you. Make us barbarians for you. Lord, help us to advance the gospel as it says in the gospels, even if we have to advance it forcefully. Lord, when we're in situations that are unsafe, fill us so much with your spirit that we overthrow that situation and come out victorious. But of course, in America, we pray sweet, safe prayers. And we wonder why the church has no power. Man. Need to pray honest prayers. I know God was saying, I know that Joker's thoughts. I know what he's thinking. When will he just be honest? The problem is, I was so impressed with impressing people that I wanted them to be impressed by my prayers, even if it meant lying to God. Pathetic. 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 The Bible says this in Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. You know what kills me about this verse? This verse is here. It's one of the most, probably one of the top 100 quoted verses in the Bible, to be honest with you. Yet in most churches growing up, we would come down and take the offering and we would call on someone to pray because that was how you did it in, in church I grew up in. It was almost like a badge of honor to that person. Jim Bob down there. Chest would bow out. He'd pray down heaven. And I would watch him. Man, that was a powerful prayer, brother. Congratulations. Good. Like, like he just hit a home run for the Braves. And the Bible says, don't do it to impress people. Man. I'll never forget when I got Mary Christine and her family, because I was the pastor. I was the one always asked to pray. At the, I still am asked to pray at the family things. It was, I, and that meant a lot to me that they had the confidence. But I could always tell they were always kind of weirded out by my prayers because it was simply always this at Thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for family. Thank you for the people who made this food. Blessed, amen. And they'd be like, we're blessing the food. It ain't time to pray down heaven. We ain't praying for cancer right now. We ain't praying down, but like, it, it, stick with the subject. I'm ready to eat mac and cheese. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get this food down and get over to that banana pudding before these people get over to the banana pudding because they've been eyeballing the banana pudding. 
I'm trying to figure out how I don't have to eat this great concoction that Christine's family makes, but not offend them in the process of not eating it. There's lots going through my mind at the time. So we keep the prayer simple. So many people love, complicate the prayers. Ask me to pray at this wiffle ball tournament. I'm like, it's a wolf, like, what are we praying about at a wiffle ball tournament? We sure wasn't praying for no fights not to happen. I mean, what are we praying about? Lord, help us hit the ball with the plastic stick and raise a lot of money. Probably the only one in the whole group that goes to church, but we're going to pray because that's what we do. Man. You know those people, man, that pray those long, crazy prayers. All of a sudden, they flip. Christine says, Christine says, that I morph into whoever I'm talking to at the time. She said, why wouldn't you talk to Spanish people and all of a sudden you have like a Spanish accent? <laughs> she said, why when you're talking to your black friends do you suddenly talk with a black person accent? I didn't know black people had accents, but I knew what she's talking about. She said, like, why when you're talking to like business executives, you're so articulate and don't sound country? And, like, and I said, I don't know, I didn't realize I did that. But that's what we do when we pray. I call it we morph into Christianese. We talk in a way that we would never talk any other time to impress people. We're just fake. We're not being honest. Man, what do you need to be honest about with God today? When was the last time you were honest with God about your fears? When was the last time you were honest with God about your struggles? When was the last time you went to God and you were honest about the things you're thankful for instead of the cliche prayers? Lord, put a hedge of protection around us. Lord, bless this day. Thank you for everything. I'm not minimizing those prayers, but they're just cliche. Put that last verse back up, Xander. Just fake prayers. Going through the motion. Vain. The Bible calls them, vain. I don't know if I had this verse in this sermon or not, but they're vain repetition. So many of y'all miss that out when it comes to the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not a prayer that we're to recite. There's nothing wrong with reciting it, so let me make that clear. But it's really just a formula letting you know the things that need to be included in prayer. Forgiveness, supplication, thanksgiving, praying for others, asking God to provide for our daily bread. But we love to vain repetition it. Instead of taking the principles and being honest about it. Not only is prayer about being honest, prayer involves communicating about everything and everything. I'll never forget when my daughter was six years old, Ashlyn, she came to me one day and she said, Dad, will you pray for my doll? There's a hole in it. And I thought to myself, are you for real? I remember being like, are we really fixing to pray over a doll? God, I I, I didn't say this to her because I'm not that big of a jerk, but I want to be like, Ashlyn, think God cares about your freaking hole in your doll? I don't care about the hole in your doll. We'll get another one. But something happened. I can remember it as clear as day. As I looked down at her little face and saw how upset she was over the hole in her doll. Don't miss this. Suddenly I cared about the hole in her doll. 
She was communicating with me about what was going on in her six-year-old mind. Because it was important to her, it was important to me. Don't miss this with your prayer life. God is the same way. How many of you don't go to God over something because you don't think God cares about what it is that you're going to go to him about? God cares because you care. He has the hairs on your head numbered. You don't think he cares about what you care about? What kind of father would he be if he didn't? We go to him about everything. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, we have this mindset that we should only pray about the big important things, but God says, I want you to come to me about everything. He probably regrets that when it comes to me. I come to him about everything. I come to him about the good things, the bad things, the frustrating things. I come to him about those that I want to beat the hell out of. I come to those that I want to love. I come to him about those that are struggling. I come to those about whose head I want to put through a wall. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying I come to him about everything. Everything. Amazing thing about those whose heads I want to put through a wall. The Bible says we're to pray for our enemies. I always say it doesn't tell us how to pray for them. But here's what normally happens when I pray about putting their head through a wall. That prayer goes for about three days. About that fourth day, I'm like, I mean, man, we ain't got to put their head through a wall, God. Just make their life hell. That goes on for about three days. All right, I mean, we ain't got to make their life hell. Just make, just make a couple hours a day suck. After about three days, I'm like, oh, God, just, God, don't bless them, but don't make their life hell. Just make it neutral. Make them purposeless, God. That one goes on normally because that's not as bad. It goes on for about two weeks. And it's like, oh, God, just bless them. Crap. I hate their guts. I want them to die, God. I'm being honest, but I know you don't like that about me. So, Lord, I pray you bless them, restore their marriage, help them here. Lord, give them so much money they can't function. Give them so much money, God, that they move to the beach and get out of this town where I don't got to see them anymore. (laughs) Power and prayer. I go to them about everything. Man, if you think God doesn't care about the small things, You don't understand God. God cares about what you care about. God wants us to come to him about whatever it is that we want to come to him with. Whatever comes to your mind, come to God with. God, help me at work. God, help me with my temper. God, help me with this. God, bless this. God, God, help me in our marriage, Lord. Help me with my children, Lord. Help me to connect with these type of people, Lord. God, 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 just go to God. <laughs> I've learned that if I learn to go to God with everything, I end up in a lot less messes. The problem with so many of us is we wait till everything's falling apart before we go to God. We almost, this is my pet freaking peeve. We've allowed prayer to become the last resort. I hate 
All that's left to do is pray. That's where we should have started. We get to the point all there is left to do to pray. I mean, that's the good place to be. That means you realize you can't do it on your own anymore, and it's all God. we got to be honest with God. Something else about prayer that I'm learning is it involves nonstop communication. Nonstop. Prayer is not an open-ended conversation. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray continually. I just don't understand the Bible. It's confusing. Let me break this down for you in the original language. The word pray means pray. What's prayer? Communicating with God. That word continually, it's a powerful word in the original language. You know what it means? Continually. Nonstop. Without ceasing. Like the Waffle House, baby, 24-7, 365 days. Just pray continually. I'm always in a conversation with God. Man, they go all over the place. That should be a reality show, Gary's Prayer Life. This is hard for me for a long time because someone who doesn't like to pray, it's hard. Then I was reading my Bible one day and I came across this chick named Hannah. Hannah had one thing on her heart. One thing she wanted more than anything else. She wanted to be a mother. Some of you ladies have been there. All she wanted. For whatever reason, at that time, God wasn't blessing her with that gift. So the Bible says she prayed. (laughs) And she prayed. And she prayed. Look what 1 Samuel says. As she kept praying to the Lord. When everyone else had given up, including her husband, she kept praying. When everyone around her was having children and she wasn't, she didn't grow bitter. She kept praying. As the days went by, as she got older and older and older, she kept praying. You need to understand in this day and time, women were defined by their ability to have children. As everyone around her was having baby showers, she kept praying. As everyone was whispering about her, why is God cursing her and not allowing her to have children? She kept praying. I don't know how long she prayed. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I know that she didn't stop, don't miss this, until God answered her prayers. We got to understand that prayer is something that we do continually. I had someone come to me one time and they said, man, my son is strung out. How long do I pray for him? I said, I guess till he's over his addiction or he's dead. They're like, what? I said, if it was my kid, I'd never stop praying. You know what's funny? What we do, king of this, I am guilty of this. We almost get to where we mock those people. How many chances are they going to give that kid of theirs? Everybody knows he ain't ever going to get clean. It's been 20 years he's down that path. She's down that path. Boy, the day a parent gives up on their child, 
Something's running. You've got to be realistic about the situation. You've got to have boundaries in place to deal with that situation. You don't enable them in that situation because you want them to overcome it. But I never stop praying for my kids. There's going to come a day my kids go down a path I don't like, and I'm going to pray nonstop till they get right. If I got to pray 10 years, I'm going to pray 10 years. And I got to pray 20 years, I'm going to pray 20 years. And if I got to pray 50 years, I'm going to pray 50 years. Until God slams shut that door, I'm going to keep praying because there's power in prayer. God doesn't operate on my timeline, He operates on His. How do we do that? How do we pray when our mind's wondering? When you're Gary Lamb and you got ADD, man, boom. I'll never forget Christine one time. I can't remember what it was about now. She said, I said some comment about something. Oh, I think it's my office. I said, I'm going to paint the wall in my office red. She said, that was a random thought. Where'd that come from? I said, well, that car pulled out in front of me and hit its brakes, and they were red. And I said, and then I looked up, and the stop sign stopped us, and it was red. And that got to me thinking about how much I love the University of Georgia's colors that are red. And I love how it's red and gray. And I thought, man, my office is gray. Four walls in the office are gray. I bet it'd look really good if I had one wall that was red. And she's like, just stop. Just stop. That's just how my mind goes. That makes praying nonstop hard sometimes. <laughs> I struggled with this for a long time until I faced something. So I was pretty blessed in my life. My kids never really had health problems. I've never I've dealt with two deaths in my entire life. I'm 45. My grandfather died and my grandmother died. I mean, they died of old age. I've been pretty blessed. And I struggled with this for a long time until Luke was six months old. He was having breathing problems. I don't remember what was going on, but I remember we had to take him to the hospital in Atlanta. And I couldn't be there for some reason. I don't know what it would have been. Something serious must have been going on for me not to be able to be there. And I remember his mom was with him there for like three or four days. For the first time ever, for three or four days, I learned the power of praying nonstop. I'd be at the red light next thing I knew I was praying for my son. I'd be in between meetings and I was praying for my son. I I would be in meetings and not thinking about the meeting because I was praying for my son. I prayed for the doctors and I prayed for the nurses and I prayed that God would heal him. And I was in a bad place and I was in need and, and, and I went to God continually. And I thought to myself, man, why do I wait till something bad's going on to do this? Because the reality is, is every day I'm in a bad place. There's something that can put me there. Every day I have some type of need. Every day I'm going through some type of something, whether it's good or bad, and I need to take those to God. (laughs) We have to live our life where we're so desperate that we realize we can't function without God. We need to get so to the point that we need to realize our marriage will not survive without God. And we need to get to that point before our marriage gets so bad that it can't survive without God. I wonder what would happen if we started praying for our children before they were even born. I pray all the time in my communication with God. I catch myself praying for the future spouses of my children. I don't know who they'll be. I don't want them to go through the crap I went through in relationships. Pray for them. I pray for the person they're going to marry because they're going to have to deal with me. 
I pray over our retirement. I pray over the future. I, I, things that haven't happened yet. I don't want to wait till it's all falling apart and the wheels are coming off the car before I make sure they're tight. We're praying. Communication is so important. They say the key to a good marriage is communication. Our marriage is good when we're communicating. It's not good when she's not communicating. She stops communicating, that means she's about to pull out a knife. Friendships go as the communication goes. Business relationships go as the business relationships. You know what I've learned with customers? I deal with customers a lot now, this new business we have. They don't necessarily care if I don't meet the deadline. We've been so busy, we haven't always met the deadline recently. They just like that I communicate with them. Hey, man, there's a supply issue. Those shirts I thought were going to come on Tuesday are not going to come till Thursday, which means I'm not going to be able to get to them till. hey, man, no big deal. Thank you. Thank you for just letting me know. Because they'd been mad if I drove up from Macon on Thursday because you told me they're going to be ready on Thursday. Communication, there's power in it. Why wouldn't it be the same way when it comes to God? Nonstop communication. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. That's what you need to understand. It's a relationship, not a religion. Religion's a bunch of rules you do. Relationship is something we build, and communication's key to that. I very rarely use the word amen anymore when I pray, because amen means to close it out. I'm not trying to close it out. Unless it's a specific prayer or a certain thing like the service, or I'm praying with my wife the other night, or I'm praying with someone else. I want an ongoing conversation. So prayer involves honesty. It involves non-stop communication. We need to realize that prayer is simply communicating with God about everything. And last and I'm done and we're going to go home. This is the key to me right here. This was the game-changing thing for me here to take my prayer life where it's somewhat needed to be as someone who struggled with prayer. I get bored very easily. You might find that surprising about me if you know me. I get bored easily and I move on to new things. Prayer involves creative communication. You're going to find this shocking about me because I seem like just the perfect person. But I have severe ADD. I know it's shocking. Shocking. ADD plus ADHD plus a little bit of crazy. It's just there. I'm going to chase a squirrel in two seconds. Squirrel. I know everyone says they have it because that's the cool thing to do to uh, announce our inadequacies today. Oh, it's just ADD. But no, come spend the day with me. Now, Denver says I don't use that as an excuse. But if you've got a two-second glimpse into how my mind works, it'd scare you. And I've learned that if I'm going to have a great prayer life, scratch that. I'm going to have a good prayer life. I've got to be creative. I've learned that prayer life is a lot like your sex life. Anybody ever heard a preacher say that? Yeah. Bear with me here. 
when you're married, it's real easy for the sex life to become boring and just going through the motions. I mean, I'm just saying. Maybe not for any of y'all, because y'all are stallions. We teach on sex around here, how to have great sex. We did a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully you don't have that. But, the, but normal churches, when they're scared to talk about sex, becomes boring and routine. I think it's the missionary position because missionaries created it. It's not, that's not the case. The best sex lives are those that are creative and fun, that mix it up. I told you my mind would scare you. Now, I understand that's hard for some of you because you rarely get sex in the first place. So I understand you're as happy to get whatever you can get. Sorry for you. But a thriving sex life is creative. They switch things up. Same thing with your prayer life. If we don't change up our prayer life, it gets boring and stale. If praying is just something you do right before you go to bed and you bow beside your bed and you do that every night, it's so easy to go to go, you go through the motions. If you only pray before you eat your food, my granddad used to say we pray after we eat the food. That way we know how much things to give. But it gets boring and stale. We pray the same time at the same way. I love David. David's probably one of my favorite dudes in all the Bible. Man, he was a messed up dude. Affairs, killed people, went to war with his kids. Didn't get to fulfill the promise or the, the purpose that God had for him. Build a temple. I just went through some stuff. But man, I love to watch him pray. He prayed so amazing. As you read through the Psalms, you'll see all the different ways that it communicated with God. I love Psalms 108. It says, my heart, oh God, is steadfast. He said, I'll sing and I'll make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. There's something that I have learned the older I get that sometimes my best prayer time is just simply music time. There's power in music. We've got to where we get up in the morning and one of the first things that come out is, hey, Google, play such and such worship music. We start the day with worship. And I'll be in the shower. And some of my best prayer times in the shower. Now I got, I got these, I told you, you know, I got this cancer all over my head and they had to cut it out and it's starting to come back. So they gave me this weird shampoo and I got to keep it in my head for like five minutes. And so I'm in the shower and I got to be in there for five minutes. And I get bored, man. Like, what are you supposed to do for five minutes? Don't. What are you supposed to do for five minutes? I got one of those glass showers, so I can't do anything fun. I mean, it's just, you know, see everything I'm doing. So we just blare worship music. It's bad when I don't stick to the notes. Edit that out of the podcast later. Oh. But man, the shower time has become a prayer time. I start going over my day and what I need to go through. And God, I, I, need, 
I need this area in my life. Lord, I don't need to struggle with this today. I don't need to struggle. Lord, I pray. And man, God, I pray you give me opportunities. To, and it just becomes powerful. But you know what starts is the power in that music. And then sometimes I catch myself singing the worship music because, man, everybody sounds good in the shower. I don't know that I sound good, but I'm like a C minus in the shower. And I catch my time and I'm just singing to God these praise songs. And it's just mixing it up. It's a powerful time of prayer. Sometimes you do it through music. Sometimes you do it through shouting. The Bible says in Psalms 20, may we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners. In the name. Sometimes you just got to get excited. Sometimes you just got to give praise. I mean, there's, you just got to mix it up. David knew there was different ways to pray. There was times David went off in solitude and he prayed. There was times he prayed in large gatherings. Jesus did the same thing. What I'm telling you is, is you just got to add some creativity. Put a prayer room in your thing, in your uh, house. But don't let the prayer room become a shrine. Only can pray in the prayer room. No. Son, I prayed driving down 75. I, the other day I was driving down, sitting in traffic. I was praying. I ain't saying they were necessarily godly prayers. But it kept people alive, me praying those prayers that day. Just mixing it up. Man, sometimes, I, I don't know what it is for me about water. I love water. Man, I love rivers and lakes. It just it speaks to my soul. Sometimes, I tell Chris, I say, I'm not going in tomorrow. I'm just going up north to hike. And I take my little black journal, and I sit along the river, and I just have prayer time. Because if I did that seven days a week, it'd lose its impact. It's about being creative. It's about mixing it up. David knew there was different ways to communicate. I, I tell you one thing, powerful, write down your prayers. Pray during routine tasks, multitask. Pray in different prayers. Hey, pray by just listening. Well, we hate silence. My wife hates silence she cannot drive without the radio on she's getting better but man she, she she's always phone music tv in the background but sometimes there's just power and just listen bible talks about that still small problem with us sometimes you say, I can't pray I don't hear from God the reason you don't hear from God is you got too much noise nowadays we got phones 24-7 and social media 24-7 and, and not just one social media it's Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and TikTok and Pinterest and uh, Instagram and and now the they went and blocked all the right wing people so now they're creating their own now you got the parlor and the I don't know, the liquor store. I don't know what all the apps are called. I don't know. I mean, man, OnlyFans. I mean, um, I don't know what they're called. I don't know. Just all kinds of communication. We're, we're, we're access to the radio. Just so much noise that we can't hear God. We can't hear ourselves, much less God. Sometimes you just you get creative by listening. Here's the point of the sermon today. Your prayer life doesn't have to be something you dread. 
decompress your mind on what the church has taught you what prayer should be. The prayers don't have to hit that ceiling and bounce back down. God's going to answer you. It might not be the way you want to be answered. He's going to answer you one of three ways. Yes. No. Maybe. It's not right now. You're robbing yourself of one of the most powerful gifts if you don't learn the power of prayer. Now, let's pray.